You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, fight fans, you're listening to BTR Boxing Podcast with me, Sean Basto, and our co-host, Jordy Neald. Before we begin the episode, there's a couple of things that I want you to do. I want you to go onto Apple Podcast, subscribe. If you're not on Apple and you're on Android instead, go to someone like Podbean or Castbox and subscribe to us on there. Find all our latest episode, like the ones to watch, like the legendary nights and the life and times of, and the new series, The Promoter Life. Also, make sure you find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and Facebook BTR Boxing Podcast. I also want to take the opportunity to give a shout out to our sponsor for the podcast which is Bear Attack Boxing Bear Attack Boxing are a new company in the industry who specialise in high quality boxing gloves so I want you to go over and have a quick look at their website which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk if you're looking for some new gloves for the new year, new me start, you want to get over there and get some of their high quality products, you can get a discount up until the 12th of January by entering the code BAB 2019 for a discount on them high quality gloves. You can also find them at Attack Boxing on Twitter and on Facebook, Bear Attack Boxing. Enjoy the episode, fight fans. Welcome, fight fans, to the next episode of Ones to Watch. And today, we've got Ash the Flash Lane on the episode to talk about his career in boxing to date. We're talking about his amateur background, how he got into boxing, some of the ups and downs, the mental health struggles that he's had to deal with, and the current great run that he's on at the moment, and some of the great fighters he's been in the ring with as well. And we also talk heavily in this episode about a certain particular fighter he's been in the ring with twice, and Mr. Michael Ramabalesta, great fighter himself, recently won the English title, 
Ash, currently the Commonwealth champion as well at Super Bantamweight, so there's definitely going to be a match-up with them two again, a rubber match hopefully soon. But have a listen to the episode, guys, with Ash the Flash Lane, hear about his story, make sure you go on social media, give him a follow and look out for his career going forward. Here it is, enjoy fight fans. Delighted to tell you that I've got Ashley Lane on the line, Ash the Flash Lane, how are you doing? Hey, I'm very good, thank you, Sean, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you for coming on the show Ash uh, It's a real pleasure to get you on and have a chat about your career uh, Where you are at the moment and what 2019 holds But I think what I want to find out from you first of all really Is I've seen I've seen a lot of the fights that you've been involved in But I didn't really know sort of what your background was coming into the sport So I really wanted to find out from yourself What it was that drawn you into to this world of boxing and the sport of boxing uh, to, to to be honest, mate, I um well when I was a kid, I was bullied all the way through uh, childhood. You know, I had to uh, move schools a couple of times. Um, and I was just shy. I had to lift, and um, you know, it, it was when I was fifteen. I um I was in just at another school, and I had a fight, and um, I went home with a little bit of bruised eye and a bruised lip. My mum said, you know, we got to do something about this. I tried karate, and it hadn't really worked, you know. And, I was still getting into fighting. We um, we applied for another school. I couldn't get in. You know, um, bit of a posh school that was. But uh, you know, my mum said, "Ah, oh, we need to do something." And there was a boxing club opening up a few miles down the road. So I said, "Ah, oh, let's try that." And um, well, you know, the, the story is as it is now. I mean, I started boxing because I was bullied, and um, it it changed my life. So you've got into the sport, and I was just touching on it at the start of the conversation about you know your career and. We'll, we'll We'll talk about that a little bit more in detail. Yep. Um, did you have any sort of amateur background to speak of? Yeah, I did. I, um, I, you know, I, I started boxing just after my fifteenth birthday, I think it was, and um, I had four fights my first season. Um, the next season, I think I had sixteen or seventeen fights. I got into the um, uh, quarterfinals of the, I think it was the quarterfinals of the ABAs, the Golden Belts, whatever it was called, um, and then I, uh, I think I lost my first fight. In the semi-finals, no, sorry, the quarter-finals, it was then. That was my first fight in the quarters up in Liverpool. Um, and, yeah, I, um, you know, I always done all right. I won my area title three times. You know, I boxed against the World Select team a few times. Um, I beat good kids like George Yup. Um, but, uh... I think I think I had 44 in the end, winning something like 29 or 30. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes you're a bit hard done by, sometimes you're not. I booked some good kids, and um, the amateur game is just a bit of apprenticeship, really. And you turned professional in 2011, so this will be, what, your eighth year as a professional now? Yeah, it must be God, time flies, <laughs> doesn't it? Still haven't made a penny. Well, this is boxing, <laughs> isn't it? And a lot of people know, obviously, who follow the sport very close that you know it's very difficult to be a part of it and you know sometimes you're boxing and you're boxing for free basically and you're not even earning money off fights yeah. and, and I know there's a lot of fighters including yourself out there that have had to go through that experience um taking it back to eight years ago then 2011 and you, you obviously you, you go into your first four fights and you, you are you know it was quite a bit of a mixture weren't it like your record
calling generals guy a bit sort of uh, mi- mixture of, of, of fights against what people may say are more notable names in, in this day and age. Yep. But you got to your four fight and you fought obviously Gavin McDonald, who was also uh, in his in his four. I think he was in his fourth or fifth fight. So you met him at, the, at a similar stage in 2012, and you picked up a you know a, a points draw. Can you remember that fight well and and what happened in that fight? Yeah, I can remember that fight well. I uh, I made the way to a right for the fight. I didn't really know who Gavin McDonald was to be honest, and I don't suppose he knew who I was. And um, yeah, I went in there the first round. Um, he was strong. He, uh, you know, stronger than me. He, I mean, threw me to the floor, or you know, I was bundled to the floor in the first round. Uh, but got up, I rallied back, and I think you know, going into the last round, I was winning two rounds to one. I think he won the first round, and I got back the second two. Um, and then uh, the last round, to be honest, I was completely gassed, and um, you know, he he won the last round and. Um, the draw was fair, you know. I mean, I had no complaints at at all. You know, he he was a nice kid. I met Jamie and uh, Gavin McDonald on a couple of occasions, and they've always been nice people. You know, um, but that 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 was a good fight. Um, yeah, draw was uh, a draw was more than fair. You know, for both of us. And like I was saying about about the record and about people you've been in with, obviously now when people look through mm. the, the the record and they look at some of the names you've actually been in with, and they think actually, you know, you've been in with some guys that have really gone on to do some 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 good things. Obviously, the most notable for me is probably Cal Yafai, and obviously you fought yep. him. What's that? Six years ago now, six years ago this year, you fought Cal Yafai, and obviously he's now a you know a world champion, and you know looks to potentially go on to fight in unification fights going in, in the future. It's guys like. Josh Whale on there. Another interesting fighter on your record is uh, Michael Ramabalesta. Obviously, you, 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 you fought you fought Michael twice now. Um, obviously, you lost the first time on points, and then in 2017 you beat him unanimous decision, and now he's gone on to to, to win the English, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Given where you're at at the moment, because you're on a really good run uh, of six wins on the bounce mm. at the moment as well. So, would that be you know asking the question re- really early on here? Would that be something you know possibly you'd be interested interested in in the future another a rubber match with Ramo Lester yeah no <laughs> me, me and Mike we've, we've had a lot of beef on uh, social media and I guess a lot of um, ill feelings from Michael towards me and my team because you know um, the first fight I boxed him away from home I lost by a point with or with one he gave it to him by a point you know, I said you know what it was a close fight I hold my hands up give him his dues he got the he got the win on paper move on I moved on kept on my boxing career I never called him out I never slated him I never uh, said a bad word and then you know we ended up working and living together and training together for um, a year or so before he moved up up to Preston and then we had that fight and you know it, it was it was very very comfortable for me I won you know 8 of the 12 rounds very comfortably I switched off a few times in the fight because I was so relaxed and so you know at ease I never stepped out of second gear I stuck to a game plan and um, I won the fight unanimous I've watched it back several times and I've scored it every single time to me um, comfortably and uh, Mike, you know Michael come in 
uh, after the fight with the change rooms and, you know, he was a bit downhearted. And my manager, Chris Saligar, was sat there taking hand wraps off. He turned around and said, right, Chris, said, look, he said, he tried to build him up a bit. He said, look, he said, you know, on anybody else's show, you know, you don't know what the decisions might be. Yeah, trying to give him a bit of, you know, because we, we've all liked him, we've all worked with him, we've been friends with him. So, you know, we don't want him to be upset, you know, it was a good fight, but he lost it. But, you know, you know what decisions are like, and he was trying to build him up a little bit, give him some confidence. And then a few days later, he's slated, slating us and saying that he was robbed. Oh. And then ever since then, you know, ever since then, he's just been, um, just been non-stop, and since he's won the English, he's been calling me out non-stop, and it was only a couple of weeks ago we had a bit of to and fro on, you know, social media. And to be honest, I'm fed up with this one, you know. I said to him, I said, look, if you put in the right offer, I'll fight you. I don't care. You know, I'll beat you with ease in the last fight. I'll beat you with ease again. I'm a different fighter after two years. And, um, you know, he started coming back when it's got to a point now where I've just lost my respect for him. If I fight him, I'll end his career. I'm fed up, you know. I, I, I want, look, if we fight, I want to do some damage because I've lost all my respect for him. For, for things that has been said, the things that, you know, they've, you know, he said about me, calling me homophobic and things like that, is, is disgusting. My sister's gay. My partner's sister and brother are both gay. I've got gay friends, you know. So homophobic is not one of the things I am. But for him and his team, or people around him, to turn around and call me homophobic, that's very below the belt disrespectful. If we do fight, I promise you'll be the end of his career. He'll be gone. Do you do you think, Ash, that this, you know, might just be like a little bit of a ploy to kind of well, do do what he's doing, really. He's, he's obviously aggravating you to, to a point where you feel like, you know, you need to kind of settle the score in the ring. And, and it's not just that. You guys, like I say, have both fought twice and you've got to win. He's got to win. He's now got the English. So, if, you know, like you say, if the money's right, I don't see why they wouldn't make that fight because, like I said earlier about your career, yeah, okay, on paper, people will look at it and go, okay, it's probably not far off a, you know, pretty much like his, really, near enough like 50-50 record. But mm. you've got to think about the, the depths of the division that you're in at the moment. You, you've had to fight guys like Ramabalester and Josh Whale a couple of times because there's not that many fighters in the division domestically to, to, to go against. And obviously, you're, you've proven that you're at a certain level where you, you get to a certain level and you can beat certain guys and then obviously with all due respect the guys that have kind of gone to another level of you know you've, you've, you've picked up losses to and they've gone on to do you know bigger and, and, and better things essentially but this is for me for you would be a fight where I think you've got what six wins on the bounce now six wins on the bounce and yep. he's just picked up the English title as well and he only had, what, one fight after losing to you before getting in with Ryan Walker and, and picking up the English Super Bantamweight title. So you'd kind of... Boxing politics playing a, a big part in that by, you know, looking on paper, if you think about it. Like, you had this uh, you had this win in 2017. Um, he took six months out. He comes back. You know, he picks up a win and then gets that title shot. Surely, like, when you've had six wins on the bounce, you kind of expect yourself to be put forward for something like this as well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, look, the thing is, like, 
You've got to look at who is Boggs. He just won his last two fights. Credit to him. You know, if a man up, good wins, good stoppages. But look here, they really are. In this anger. Before that fight, the best person he boxed was Paul Holt, who was a uh, area champion. An area champion's a good belt. He's a good belt and fair play to Paul Holt. He's a nice kid and he's done well to win that. But an area champion isn't the level that we are at. We're a Commonwealth, English, British level. There's, there's a big gap between those two. So, you know, Indy Sanger hadn't boxed at major title level. He was still relatively a novice and... Michael Ambaletta is not a novice. He's been in with the names of the division. Now his box at a very high level. So Ambaletta's not a novice. So I'd expect Ambaletta to beat Indy Sanger anyway. Now he done it in devastating fashion, knocked him out. But, you know, like I say, Indy Sanger was still a novice, relative novice. No due respect to him. He's a good boxer. But experience is key in situations like these, where you're fighting somebody like Michael Ambaletta. And you didn't have the experience. Then you go to Ryan Walker. Same again. I don't know who the best he beat him was. But he only had 10 fights. And, you know, I mean, you can look, look at his record. I don't know who his record is. But he, I don't think he had a proper name on there. So, once again, he was still a relative novice. Now, Ryan Belletta caught him cold. Because of his experience. So, you know, you can't go on and say that he's, you know, had two great, great wins. Because there were two good wins, you know. And now he's going out calling me out again I've got that experience of being in the ring with world champions European champions British English Commonwealth champions I've been in the ring with Michael so I know what to look for I know what I, I know how to play his game so you know every fight you have you learn from Michael says he didn't perform in the last fight I didn't let him perform I knew what to look for I'm not going to let him catch me with his big overhand right why should I why should I let him slip my chaps and get on the inside fuck that you know I'm going to box to a game plan I'm going to keep him where I want him so he can't do what he wants to do and I'm going to win the fight I really hope that the fight you know gets made I really do because for me I think this I mean I'm, I'm not the promoter and I'm not, I'm not doing the promoter's job but when you look at it from an aspect of, of where you're both at at the moment you would say it would be a logical mm. fight to make and uh, you know there's obviously a, a needle between the pair of from, from what you've explained speaking to me today and obviously that 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 you know that's let's be honest regardless of, of, of kind of what's been said this this type of stuff sells fights and this is the type of a, a fight that could go on you know a, a, a decent card where there's, there's genuine beef between two fighters where actually you could end up you know being in a really really good fight the periods and this is this for me this would be something i'd want to see for for 2019 and i was going to ask you about this year and, and what this year holds for you yep. but it, it sounds very much like that you know you've got Rama Ballester in your crosshairs at the moment and he seems to be kind of given what's been said on social uh, he seems to be the focus of your attention in terms of getting a fight and getting a big fight for this year yeah well right, right now I'm, I'm just waiting my manager to confirm and putting them for me I've had, I've had one name given to me uh, but it looks like they're pricing themselves out of the fight um, but you know we're after the British title that's what we want we're talking to the board at the moment to make us mandatory for the winner of Whale against Foster I, I think it's Brad Foster so we're, we're hoping the board will you know make uh, make us the official manager for the winner of the British title fight that's what we want we want the British title now I'm happy to box anybody that my manager puts in front of me on my mind I've already spoken to my manager and my team 
and I want to fight Michael because of this beef, because of what I said, because it gives it needs to put the record straight. It's bullshit, you know. First fight was close. He got the, got the win. Fair enough. Go ahead. You have to win. Get the credit. Do what you want to do with it. Second fight, I won. I've got the belt. Give me credit. Didn't give me credit. Fuck you, you know. Excuse my language. You know, we were mates. That's what, we, that, that's what really gets to me, Sean. Yeah. The fact that we were mates. We lived in the same flat together. We worked together, you know. Give me my dues. I beat him. I didn't let him perform. I beat him and I beat him comfortably. I could have done 20, 30 rounds that night at that pace. Now he couldn't have a glove on me. I think he hit me with like three, three or four punches the whole fight. He could not touch me because I didn't let him, you know. I won it comfortably. And he's just been a sour grape, you know. I'm fed up of it. If I, if, if I don't fight him again, you know, I won't be happy because to me it's unfinished business too. Mm, definitely sounds that way. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It sounds very much like that. That needs to be something, regardless of whoever your next fight is against and whoever he fights next. It sounds very much like this collision course needs to come to its head at some point over the next twelve months. And I, again, I, I'll keep, I keep alluding to the fact that I think it'd be a money maker fight, and I genuinely think it will be because if they put this on, you know, a uh, you know a, a Goodwin show or something like that, or wherever they want to put it on, or I think it'd be. You know, really good and I think it'd, it'd obviously genuinely sell sell tickets for the pair years and there's genuine mm. sort of bad blood between you but you've kind of answered the question I was going to ask you which was what would you say your goals are for 2019 and you've you've said you're looking at British and looking at obviously the winner of Josh Whale and uh, Brad Foster which is uh, something that would be good to work towards because obviously I know previously you'd uh, you'd, be, you'd been in for the English uh, against Ryan Farag another name on the record who seems to have progressed yep. quite well so far and you've obviously been there and you've you've been in the big fights but it's good to see that you're still you know it's it's a job being a fighter is a job but you also have yep. got the ambition to go far and still push to that level of, of British title and, and that's kind of why I would say regardless of what people may say about the fact you've got a record with eight losses on it you still are one person to watch this year because you probably are going to be involved in, in, in some potentially really good fights mm, thank you very much I will, I will say this um you know, uh, back when I boxed Farag, Cunningham, Josh Whale, you know, two years ago and beyond, um, I was shockingly bad. I was a bad boxer, you know, I got put my hands up. I was crap. Um, What's changed? You know, I had no, no, no sort of defence, you know. I mean, I got, I got through a lot of my fights based on pure fitness, will and determination. I didn't really get through based on any sort of skill. It's only been this last year and a half since I've been working with my coach, Dean Lewis, down in well, um, near Western. You know, since we've started working, um, that, 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 that's when I've really started becoming a boxer. You know I mean, the changes in my boxing is just ridiculous now. You know, I've got defense. I've got some boxing IQ. I understand boxing a lot more. I've got some ring craft now. You know, um, I mean, I've, the way I'm improving, I truly, genuinely believe I can win a British title, European, and even a world. That's, you know, because for the first time in the last, oh God, seven or eight years, I've had a genuine, consistent coach. I haven't had a consistent coach for seven years. I've been training myself for the last, you know, uh, seven, eight years. I've had a manager, coach, up until this last year and a half. And now we're seeing the uh, the rewards. When the box, Thomas Kindon started, this run off. I was still um I was still training myself. But Dean Lewis
Lewis did one pod session with me and then came up to the fight. And that was the start. He came up to the fight, he did a pod session. I said, you know what, Dean? I said, let's work together. Then I he went away for two weeks, I boxed the Conomedius. Um, I got a close points win against him. Um, and then we started working together after that fight, taking over, beat Andy Harris. Then our first camp was for Roman Belletta. And um, I improved, even in that, even in in that short three or four months space of time, I improved. And then just over this last year, the the the, uh, the way I have like just improved as a boxer is is phenomenal. Like if you if you saw me, if anybody saw me in the gym on the pad barring, you know, on the bags, shadow boxing even, you look at me and think, damn, this isn't the same kid I saw a year ago. Like, everything I'm doing now is just, it's different, you know, and but this is why I want the uh, Josh Wilde fight for the British again, if he beats Foster. Um, well, Foster, Foster's a good kid, very slick, good start, very stylish, um, just hasn't boxed at the very high level yet. Um, but that's why I want the win of the British, because I know I can beat them. I could not box well the first two times, the first fight on YouTube I was just a coming forward fighting machine the second fight I had a little bit more boxing in me so I just went in there fighting you know um, and that's that's just not me anymore I'm different and if if I was thinking about this earlier if I had a 6-0 record or a 7-0 record or if I was just starting off as a boxer where I am I'd be I'd be a prospect the way I am now I genuinely would be a prospect but like I said because my record it's always been a 50-50 up until the last six fights and nobody sees me as a record some people see me as an easy champion some people see me as a bit of a high risk for a little reward because of my record I'm stuck in like no man's land in a way what? but it's good that you say I'm one to watch because genuinely this year and the next year I will be one to watch so going back I can to, say that with confidence so go ahead sorry going back to your um, going back to you're talking about training practically yourself over them first six seven years of your career do you, yeah. do you could you could you honestly say you was a hundred percent mentally in the game or would you would you say maybe you know he was a little bit he wasn't as fully focused as what you are now because what from what I hear I hear someone who's who's really kind of turned a corner in the career and you've got with a trainer who's put 100% into you and you've given them 110% back and as a result it's shown because you've won the six fights on the bounce since losing to Josh Whale in 2016 and in the in the process you picked up the, the vacant Commonwealth Super Bantamweight title you've seen guys in the division go on to do different things and just listening to you there Ash it sounds very much like to me you've got this sort of uh, you know when people say like pop stars reinvent themselves over the years it kind of feels Feels like you as a fighter yep. has reinvented himself and has, has got this full focus on on achieving goals that maybe a couple of years ago you probably thought were were completely out of reach. Mm, definitely, I am. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been with, with the box and I've always given my best and I've always done my best. But for, for one reason or another, I've never really had a coach. I've never really had somebody I can gel with and work with. You know, in in the gym, somebody that I can build a bond with, and we work very closely together. I've never really had that. Before, just gone in the gym, shadow box, bad, hit the bags, and skip. I've never stuck to a strength training plan. I've never worked um, with a nutritionist on a, a, a continuous basis. I've never had a coach to um, work 
uh, any sort of parts or um, you know I've, I've had coaches here and there like for a few weeks here and there or a month or two but I've never had a continuous coach that stuck with me and built a bond with me now we've worked to uh, develop my style and you know improve up until this last year and a half now I've, I've trained with my coach Dean now uh, uh, three three times a week you know I mean sometimes we'll come up to Bristol in the morning train with me and I'll get back to Western train with him in the afternoon now we'll, we talk every day we are friends as well as um, uh, boxer and coach and you know he's he's really worked hard with me um, to improve now I've given everything I could he's given everything he can and um, you know he believes I can win a world title and for him to believe that you know I, I, I believe in myself and then like say looking at people like Cali Fi, um, like Josh Whale like Jason Cunningham um, and Ryan Farag if they can't do it why can't I now you know I'm not even reaching my peak because I have I haven't had a coach for the last six years so I mean I'll probably reach my peak when I'm 30 that's two years away Yeah. I mean imagine like I've got this momentum I can just keep on fighting and fighting I'm in the gym I'm sparring lightweight I'm beating them up you know I couldn't do that two years ago I'd have my head smashed in (laughs) (laughs) so he's definitely having that stability with boxer and coaches has has definitely brought everything to your game that you didn't have before and people that might listen to this conversation that we're having this interview and might think to you might think to themselves how the bloody hell did Ash get through all them years fighting the likes of the names that he's had on his record and not really have a a stable coach in in his camp do you know like people might actually sit there and think that because I will be honest with you Ash I certainly sat there and thought I thought you know how's he got how's he managed it over these years but yeah he's been in there and held his own it's not like for me, it's not like people have, have done a big number on you or, you know, dismantled you in, in sort of major fashion. You've kind of gone in there and, and you've you've hung it with the best of the division domestically. And mm. now you've got this, this renewed reinvigoration, this focus that, you know, you've got ambition more than ever and it's it's encouraging to hear and like i've said and i'll keep saying it because people are just going to look at look maybe look at the record straight away and go hang on a minute i was i was ashley lane one to watch he's, he's had eight losses on his record it doesn't necessarily yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean just because you've had eight losses on your record that you're not one to watch anymore i mean i make a little comparison here for, for people that listen to this that when you think of fights that have happened recently, you think of David Chisora and Dillian White in December, and how many how many losses did Chisora have on his record going into that fight? I think it was about six. And I think, yeah. I think he lost six out of his. I think six out of his seven or eight big fights he lost. Well, there you go. So that's what I'm trying to explain to, to to the listeners of the of this episode that we're doing. That okay, you know, you're not a heavyweight, you're not David Chisora, but you're still in the same sense of you've been able to do something with your career where you're turning it around. And stepping up the level and having people, people might not know this. People might not know the fact that you've not had a permanent trainer. I mean, there's probably people that are closer to you that know this information, but for the for the wider audience that listen, I think you know. Hang on a minute, but the hell he's done really well to get this far, considering he's not had someone stable in his camp for for such a long period of time. And it, you, you're right in what you're saying because since you've had stability, it's, it's shown because you've had six wins on the bounce since the loss of Josh Wales. So. 
you know, things are looking very much up for you. And I think 2019, if you get a fight with Ramabel Lester or you get a fight with the winner of Whale and Foster, then, you know, we, we could see you on, uh, you know, hopefully see you on a televised bill and, you know, hopefully that'll bring you some good income off the back of it as well. Yeah, that 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 would be lovely. Um, yeah, I was just uh, I'm looking up to the stars right now because you know b- before this this great one when um all started, you know I, I was on the verge of quitting. I was um I had a meeting with Chris Hannigan and I was going to retire. You know, um, back in the past I've suffered a little bit with uh, my temperament and mental health, and um, you know uh, you know in the lead up to um a couple fights um I've been bulimic. And, um, you know, I've, I've been in some real bad places in the last few years. And um, I say a year and a half ago, I, I was bulimic again. I was going to pull out a fight and I was going to retire. And um, it, it all, you know, the next fight after pulling out, um, the next fight after turning out and I was going to retire was a kingdom fight. Um, and it was only because Chris Allengard turned around and said to me, you know, don't retire, you can do much better than what you are. Just get back in the gym and train and get that head right. And then, you know, I had, had the kingdom fight for a week's notice. And that was when me and Dean started working together. And my, my, my head just changed. I just flipped. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I was in a deep, deep, dark, low place back in that match. Um, and then in, in, in May time, it all just turned around. You know, it was like a 360. And the start of this beautiful journey I'm on just, you know, just, just it, it all just started then. And uh, I can't wait to see how far we can go. I really cannot, you know, I'm uh, I'm very positive about the future and about this this, uh, this career. I mean, so have you got yeah. any have you got anything lined up uh, that you that you can share, or is there any dates coming up that you know of that potentially you're going to get on? Um, right now, you know, like, like I say, I can't I can't give nothing out. I mean, I um we've been in talks with a boxer about a fight um in Bristol. Um, you know, they they keep saying that they want to uh, fight for my title on social media. They keep saying that you know they're coming for more titles, blah 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 blah. So I've offered them the fight. Um, I I offered them the fight over social media. They uh you know pushed it to one side. Said I oh, will talk to our manager. Do he says my manager offered um this kid his team the fight. They turn they've turned around and asked for stupid money. Um, you know more money than I get, and I'm the champion. I mean that, that's just ridiculous. And then uh, um, they also said that they wouldn't fight at the stadium that we normally fight at. So it, it's like you know this one fight probably won't happen. This kid's pricing them. Well, this kid's team is pricing themselves out of it. Um, so you know I'll just go away and see what my manager is going to bring me. Um, I don't care where or who. I just want to fight. No, I want a big fight. You know I want to. I want to prove everything that I've been saying to you. I want to prove that you know. I am right. I want to prove that this is a journey. Now, I think it's that, you know, the Tevin Farmer, yeah. the world champion, you know, oh, just like him. Just wait until I win that world title, that British title and European title. It'll be a story. It'll be on everybody's lips, but I'll do it. I really do genuinely believe that I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. All you need is the right team around you. And I've got that now for the first time in my career. I've got the right team around me. So by the end of this year then? What would you say your immediate goal would be to finish 2019 on? British. So a British title. I win. I'll... I will defend my Commonwealth in March. I'll fight for the British in the summer. That will be British and Commonwealth champion. Then I'll um, 
Nice doggy. Uh, defend, defend the British once, then for Kate and fight for the European by the end of the year. I'll be the European champion. Well, I'll tell That's you what, goal. I'll tell you what, it'd be some story, like you said, if you could really turn this around. But it's all positive stuff that, you know, I'm hearing and, and it makes me more encouraged to sort of see where your career goes from, from here on out. And like I said earlier in the episode, you know, it might sound cheesy and cliche, but I, this is why I say, you know, I think you, you are one to watch for this year because I think your career's starting to turn itself on his head and some of the stuff you've told me and this conversation I wouldn't have known before and I wouldn't have been able to find this information out from looking on social media or, or the internet so you know it's good that you've mm. been able to share this information and share this story with people that, that might actually you know get behind you a bit more now and actually understand that there's a guy here who, who really wants to pursue his dream and he's he's working you know hell for leather to get that dream and going back to uh, going back to where you are at the moment Ash it's probably a perfect opportunity yep. to to talk about like sponsorships and I don't know what sponsorships you have in place if you do have any you know make sure you you let them know who they are uh, if you if you need some more sponsorships use this platform to do it let people know where they can find you as well yeah I have I have a great great team of sponsors you know on board they all help me you know um, I have got quite a few I've got Jim Flooring they're brilliant always helping me out I've got Polar Bear Windows um, Egan Services for my car I've got Haven Limited Air Clothing I've got Paul Tompkins Physiotherapy I've got AK um, Nutrition he's my strength coach you know um, I've got uh, Raging Beast for my um, boxing kit um, I've got Mindset Fitness another PT it's, it's actually my partner you know she uh the the man the man that he, she helps me out with you know it'd be a shame not to put her on my kit because you no know, i mean she, she's put hundreds into me from just looking after me um <laughs> you know but um yeah and yeah i've, I've got a couple more um <laughs> mine's gone blank they're gonna kill me they hear this <laughs> but <laughs> yeah i think i think, they'll, know, pro- I think they'll probably know who they are though won't they ash yeah, they, they they know who they are. You know, I mean, I've got oh, complete paving. Um, <laughs> from this year, complete paving as well. But um, yeah, um, uh, Tamlin's Barbers too. Um, I mean, they they all do a great job for me, looking after me. You know, I I couldn't do what I do without them. I really honestly couldn't. You know, um, their help it means the world to me. And if there's anybody that's kind of been inspired by this conversation, by what you, you've kind of overcome uh, and where you're looking to go, if they want to, you know, put forward any support for you in form of sponsorship or whatever it may be, where is it they can find you on social media? Um, look for me on uh, Facebook. No, I'm Team Flash Ash or Ash the Flash Lane is my page. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well, Twitter. I don't really go on Twitter that much. You know, I mean, it's uh, I've got a very busy lifestyle, so I find that hard to get on social media quite a lot. I normally write a load of crap on there, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just fun. But um, I did forget one more sponsor, MJ Paints <laughs> from Bristol. i got to get them in as well. They've, they've just come on board, so uh, I appreciate their help. So, guys, then, obviously, if you've you've, you've enjoyed listening to, to Ash, you know, make sure you follow him, make sure you support him on social media. It's, it's you know, it's, it's guys like Ash that really need your support out there to, to help get to that next level. And, Ashley, it's been a pleasure to, to have you on. And, you know, I really hope this conversation we're having, it might stoke up a, a few things on social media with the Ramblester talk. But in the same sense, it might, oh, also, no <laughs> it might also give people a natural insight to you as a person as well. And 
some of the stuff you've you've gone through and some of the stuff you spoke about in this conversation you know there's a lot of people out there that kind of go silent and in the dark and don't really speak about stuff and that stigma around mental health is always there as well and it's good to sort of hear you talk about certain aspects of, of your life in that respect and give people an opportunity to actually understand the way you are because social media doesn't always portray you as as the person you actually are and that's why it's been great to have this conversation so thank you for coming on no problem no problem at all Sean and um, if, if, if anybody's got any questions or anything just go on my social media now I am um I've had a few people message me, um, quite a few, um, you know, talking about their life and the issues that they've been through and mental health. So if anybody's got any questions or just want to chat, you know, hit me up. I'm, I'm cool. We've all been in bad times, been homeless and, you know, on the verge of suicide and self-harming. So I know what it feels like. So, yeah, just get in touch and keep keep an eye on me. Even if I don't win the world title, I'll still be an entertaining fight. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Right, Ash, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you very much. There you go, Fight fans. Hope you've enjoyed that interview there with Ash the Flash Lane, talking a lot about his mental health struggles that he's had to deal with, his ups and his downs through his boxing career, some of the calibre of fighters he's been in the ring with, and also talking about a grudge match with Michael Ramon-Balesta, which will be really interesting if that comes off. So definitely wanted to get this episode out as quickly as possible, because I know Michael has already seen the post that I put out on social media, so I'm hoping... This might be a little bit of matchmaking going on for this particular fight. So if you've enjoyed it, remember to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. Find us on all the other available podcasting apps and you can find us at BTR Boxing Pod and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well. So enjoy. See you next time, fight fans. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.